Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. You're darn tootin'. It's One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on a Thursday. Chopping it up with you on the Bills and their offseason, which is four days in the making, and certainly a lot earlier than any of us had hoped for. But nevertheless, we press on in this world of no games on the weekend for us. I mean, there are games, but... They don't involve the Bills, and so it feels like there's no football. That's all I hear. I've seen some people on social media say, I can't even watch football this weekend. I can't do it because the Bills aren't in it. You get down and you get – and we've got televisions all over our offices because we've got to keep track of everything and social media and all that and all the analysts and stuff about the the Chiefs-Bengals and the Eagles-Niners. It's just like Charlie Brown's teacher to me right now. Womp, 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 womp. That's it. Yeah. I do not care. Yeah, you're tuned out. I do not care. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave town. Just, okay. I'm, no, I won't. <laughs> but, but I'm thinking about it. But I wish I'm checked out mentally. Yeah. I get it. We're all, we all have the playoff hangover. Some of us have postseason depression, um, you know, in light of the outcome last week. I get it. I get it. We're all just trying to recover and press on. And the Bills are doing the same. Uh, as we know. So there is some news uh, concerning the Bills today. This is only a report. The team has not confirmed this. Um, but ESPN.com's Elena Getzenberg was the first to report that the Bills and their safeties coach, Jimmy Salgado, have parted ways. Um, Salgado, an original member yeah, he's of been Buffalo's a- coaching staff when McDermott came in. So he's been here each of the last six years, was – um, their nickel corner coach, and then was promoted last year to safeties when Bobby Babbage went to cover linebackers to replace his dad, who retired last year at this time. Um, so yeah, good dude, good coach. Um, no, again, no confirmation yeah. from the team, but 
that's being reported. And yeah, no, no, no rationale. We'll, we will probably never find the you know what the thought process was mm -hmm. or why they felt it was time for him to move on or uh, any of that. So, um, yeah, changes at some level, uh, and they do every year. I mean, most yeah, of these coaching always. staffs have some tinkering going on, and like we've said before, it was Sean beginning of Sean's third year before he intimated to us and the media that, yeah, you know what, I think, all right, this is the staff that I envisioned when I took this job, yeah. even though they, you know, they've been to the playoffs that first year. So, right. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, and you go down, you go down all the, uh, coaching searches and changes and, and it is a long and extensive list. Every, every team in the league is affected by it right now. There's a, I mean, I'm, you can scroll up and down this list on, on the, uh, the NFL and it's just it doesn't end I mean there's a handful at least yeah. of changes in every team uh, around the NFL we go which is presented by Kaleida Health the official healthcare system of the Buffalo Bills and we begin in the AFC East where the Jets had some interesting news today after interviewing a re 15 candidates for their offensive coordinator position that number straight from the mouth of head coach Robert Sala after interviewing 15 candidates for the OC job, Nathaniel Hackett, the fired Broncos head coach, has been named offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. They also hired Keith Carter as assistant offensive line coach. So two hirings by the Jets to add to their staff today. Um, I don't know what to make of this one. There is a prior coaching connection between Sala and Hackett. Sala and Hackett coached together on Doug Marone's staff in Jacksonville, where Sala was a linebackers coach, and obviously Hackett was the OC down there. So that is official. The Jets announced that, and it is official news. So Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator for the Jets, starting in 2023. Of course, people are already trying to connect the dots, saying, oh, Nathaniel Hackett coached uh, in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Will that be able to get Aaron Rodgers to New York? Um, you know, if he wants to leave Green Bay. A lot of people are saying the same thing in Denver last year. Ah, yeah, oh, they hired Nathaniel Hackett so they could get Aaron Rodgers as their next quarterback. And then what happened? Aaron Rodgers stayed put in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers whatever. ain't going anywhere. He's got a 31-point-something-something cap hit. Well, that's, that's nothing these days. Um I mean, Carson Wentz got traded with a $37 million cap hit two years ago. To the team he left. Not to the team he's... Right. Yeah, Philly I mean, took a was, $37 million cap hit to was, trade him to Indy. He crushed both those teams on the salary cap. Yeah. yeah the Colts <laughs> didn't care because the owner wanted him out after one year. Um, yeah. I think Hackett's hiring is mainly to keep the offensive scheme largely the same. And the reason I say that is, so you had LaFleur left the Jets organization. His brother is the head coach in Green Bay. They run almost the same system. And Hackett worked in Green Bay two of the last three years. So in my mind, I think the logic behind the hiring is an effort to keep the offensive scheme largely intact with a guy who's run that scheme before. Right, let me ask you this. Why? Because I think they're holding out a ridiculous shred of hope that they can still fix Zach Wilson 
And the best way to do that is by keeping the offense largely the same. I'm not saying to start next year because Salah said in his press conference today, they are interested in getting a veteran quarterback. He said he and Hackett had a long discussion on that. They did not talk names, but there is going to be a concerted effort to add a veteran quarterback who presumably would be the starter in 2023 while they work on Wilson's game. And I think if they believe they're going to make something out of Zach Wilson, they know they can't throw him a new offensive system on top of that. I think you're only going to compound the problem. Now, do I think they're going to fix that guy? I don't think so. I don't think he's fixable. But if you're the organization and they say they still believe in Zach Wilson, I think you try to keep as much continuity as possible. You change the person, but keep the scheme the same with your OC coming in the door. I think that w- that had a large part in the hiring of Hackett. Was, I think that's dumb. Well, you can't, Steve, we've listen, talked you, about the Jets before. I mean, listen, are you surprised? You've got to get the right people in the door. And if you if you even had to start from scratch with a new completely everything new, if they're the right guys, you're going to know right away, and it's going to you're going to have a difference made right away. This thing about well, I'll make it that you're just telling me that kid's not not smart enough to play quarterback. You you a good coach, the best coaches, NFL coaches should be at the level where you drop them into a situation like the Jets, like Denver like the Raiders, like the offensive coordinator that's going to be the Chargers this year, whoever that may be, you, you drop a guy into that environment, they should be able to maximize the performance of the guys in that building, even if they have to teach them a new language, a new offense. Because there's, there's no new football. There's only different ways to describe it. I mean, so... To, to think that this time, like like right now, you bring a new guy in, Zach Wilson should already have his head in the playbook now, today. It's not like you're going to wait until, let's see, when well, OTAs start, we'll give him, you know, we're not going to. He's got months to get ready for this. Yeah, I mean, there are months. rules. There are rules in the offseason as to how much work they can do under the new CBA. Like they can't interact with their coach. All they got to send him the playbook, get him in it, keep it fresh, and talk to the guy on the phone. It doesn't. Whatever. Yeah. There's no excuse for that. That. Yeah. That's a that's a fan move. That's a fanboy move. Why do you call it that? Because the, the, everybody thinks the the solutions are easy. It's like, oh, all you got to do is just keep the same offense. He'll be great. He'll no. take another step forward. No. The Hackett hiring is going over like a lead balloon with the Jets you fan You think? Base. So. Well, he's going to try and fix this Wilson because we know how well he did the last Wilson he had. <laughs> Who's actually won a Super Bowl. And this Aaron Rodgers stuff about it? No. Well, I no. mean, the Packers, basically the reports out of Green Bay are, Aaron Rodgers is open to reworking a deal if he plays there in 2023. The Packers are also expected to consider trading Aaron Rodgers to an AFC team for the upcoming season. So it sounds as though everything is on the table right now. So Carolina give him two ones? I don't know. Jets give him two ones? It's steep. Or what are they, you know, or what are they or what else are they asking? Two ones it's, and a two? Yeah, I don't I don't see how you 
give up two ones when you may not have him for more than a season or two? Two, Max. You know what I mean? Like, he's 39. I'm, or he'll be 39 for the upcoming season. I don't know 40. if he's turned 39. He'll be 40 by the time you see the end of yeah. the, the foreseeable future. And, I mean, he can still spin it. Don't get me wrong. I, I still think he's the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen. Um, but he's got his, he's got his warts. Um, he's, he's an eccentric. Yeah, I and, get that. And he'd be, he could handle the New York media. He can, but he, but his comments and stuff is easy fodder uh, so for the New York. They'll media. love him. They'll, they'll run with love it. him. They'll love him. You know, I, I get it. Is that love in finger quotes? No, they'll love him. That'll be, no, it's every day. It's just that those guys will be able to sit down and not do anything. They'll just have to run with whatever Aaron yeah. gives them, and they'll love it. Elsewhere in the AFC East, Steve, more information is trickling out as to the flaming tire fire that was the Patriots' oh, offensive gosh. coaching staff this year. Arguments on the practice field between players and coaches – disdain for one another people getting reamed on the practice field by Belichick, namely one of his coaches, Joe judge. Uh, some stuff is trickling out. And that obviously means there are a lot of people who weren't all that happy with how the season played out, not only on the practice field, but the playing field. The more you hear, it's like, it's downright amazing. They were a nine and eight team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bill O'Brien's the OC now, but Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, holy crow, there so was some stuff it, going it, on there. Started out, it, it got into the season. Joe Judge was kind of the voice there for a minute, and then he started to move away in the, the background because it seems to me, Mac. from all this, the articles I've read and the things that we've been hearing, Mac and Joe Judge did not like Mac each other. Mac couldn't stand him. Mike, Mac and Judge were like shouting at each other in practice field, and and – so Judge started to be phased out because, you know, you didn't want your quarterback to <laughs> not like the guy or not, you know, have a good relationship with him. So then it started to be Patricia moving to the forefront. It was an absolute atrocity because they were – from what was reported, the players – were you know asking questions, trying to get in the offense, and the coaches weren't there to give them – they didn't know – really have the answers for them. Which is a catastrophe. That's backwards. Yeah. The pl when you're a player and you've got questions, you go to the coach and say, hey, what about this? What about this? And those coaches are always like, well, here's what the thing is. And here's why we're doing this. And here's the thing. And here's what happens if this happens. And if that happens, we're going to do this other thing. They, have, they explain everything. That's, good coaches are on it. Apparently, they weren't on it in New England. And they were saying, well, we're just going to do that. Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Well, or the head coach, Belichick, apparently said, hey, we have to have patience. With the coaches! With the coaches. That's what he's telling his players. Yes, and that is, a, that is an absolutely hopeless feeling. Here's the thing that doesn't make sense to me about that whole edict from Belichick. If Belichick is telling his players, I mean, you're in September at practice, and you have a question about something, or you're frustrated by something, and Belichick, the head coach, says to you, hey, we've got to have patience with the coaches. I'd be, as a player, I'm thinking to myself, weren't you guys here February, March, April, May, June, July, August, like putting this whole thing together? What do you mean patience? You've done nothing but this.
for the last seven months, and now I've got to wait for you to give me answers? When we got a game, that is a flaming tire fire. And we got a game Sunday. Thanks. You're right. Um, and even the players. It was reported that one of the players, the center, brought everybody in after a, after a particularly horrific David training Andrews. camp practice, yeah. and gave to the gave an impassioned speech to the players. And it was after that speech where quietly they got a call message. Hey, listen, you're going to have to be patient with these coaches. They're trying to you know they're trying to gather it. And he's like, we're. S- <laughs> We're sucking out in practice against our defense. Spinning our wheels. We are stinking it up in practice. They were like 10 of 23 one day with uh, with interception and four sacks taken. They were getting their heads caved in by their own defense, and they didn't like it. They didn't like it. Where did they – I got to look again because I, I enjoy this. Uh, <laughs> the Patriots finished 26th in total offense. 24th in rushing, 20th in passing, 27th in third down conversions, 17th in points per game. Now, that was a team that was also the beneficiary of eight defensive touchdowns this year. Oof. Which led the league. Oof. Yeah. Defense was top 10. So. Yeah, defense was real. And it, and it was a, even better than that, I think, because of, that, because of what you said, the playmaking. You know, they were playmakers back there. And yeah. that's, those are the things that change games. I get it where you, you come out there and they can't run it on you and they pass it and they, you know, they get a couple of drives together and score some points and they only give up you know, 20 points. But if you give up 24 points or 28 points and you have three turnovers and two pick sixes or a pick six or a fumble yeah. sc- scoop and score, that's enormous. That's enormous. And those, that changes games. That's kind of what the, the Patriots did last year. They did it a ton. Right. Um, the... Mock drafts have already started in earnest, Steve. I know you're thrilled Oof. by this. Mel Kuyper, ESPN, put out his uh, first mock draft. And to the chagrin of Bills fans, <laughs> he had the Bills taking defensive end slash outside linebacker Derek Hall out of Auburn, 27th overall. Um. I think the vast majority of the Bills fan base would like the Bills to take receivers and offensive linemen on the first two days of the draft, if not from front to back in the draft. So to see another defensive player selected in round one, when we're going on, how many years in a row is this? Last year was Kyir Elam. The year before that, who was the first? Why can't I remember? 2020 first-round pick. Was Rousseau. Rousseau, yeah. Right? And then the year before that, they didn't have a one, but the first pick was a defensive lineman. It was Epinesa. And then where are we now? Now we're in 2019. Ed Oliver. Oliver. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, keep on going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, They have thrown some assets at that pass rush. And then they signed Vaughn. Let's not forget. So... They're still at it. Maybe they'll maybe they'll continue to work at it. Um, if you look at the teams that are left, though, I think they're taking I take, think they're taking the swing at the right pitch. If you get my meaning, San Francisco and Philly are unbelievable up front. Unbelievable up front. Um, Cincinnati, same thing. They've got some guys in high draft picks on their D line, and they're 
their defensive line are the things that are really clicking for them defensively. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are a little bit different. They're not quite as stout up front, but they've got some guys. So, you know, I I, I get that. You want to get you want to have a, a defensive front that is awesome, but it's hard to get there, man. You got to pick guy. You got to pick consistently in the top five. In the McDermott era, the Bills have only picked an offensive player once in the first round, Josh Allen. Right. Everybody else has been a defensive player, and only twice since 2014 has the first round pick been an offensive player. Sammy Watkins in 2014 and Josh Allen in 2018. That is it. It's been defense every other year. Oh, my God, if we pick a defensive guy again. I'll say this. I mean, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility because, as we know, Brandon Bean goes best player on the board. But Yeah. Here's the thing, too. A difference-making defensive player I think is – more rare than an offensive difference maker because an offensive difference maker i mean you just get them get them the ball somehow some way yeah defense they got to find the ball and the, you know what i mean i mean it's just harder to do that defensively particularly even given the rules that the way they're slanted i get it i get I, it they're just harder to find i think the common misperception for fans when it comes to the draft is, hey, we need a guy at X position, and we need it badly. That should be our priority in round one. And it might be, but if the value doesn't match up, they're not taking the guy for position X because now you're reaching and you're probably going to regret it. Um, So there are different options that you can take there. One is move up to get the guy that you do want, with the proper value, move back and wait to see what falls to you or take the best player available on the board, whether he's at position X or not. And more often than not, Brandon Bean has done that. And in round one, it's worked out pretty well for him um, over the years. So you can say what you want, but that's usually the best course of action. And it's not just by the Bills, just about every team in the league does that. I mean, there are exceptions where they will reach for players because they have a perceived need at a certain position, and, you know, maybe they'll have a guy. But, look, Steve and I have been around for enough drafts by the Bills where they did reach for players that need positions, and it didn't go so well. Brian Billick, the former head coach of the Ravens, said it best. He goes, need is a terrible talent evaluator. Yeah. And that's, you know, if you need a guy at a position, you're in trouble. That's why the the modus operandi for the Bills and for most teams out there is through free agency, you try and fill every hole. You get your roster full of players who have experience and who have a certain level of proficiency at whatever position we're talking about. Corner, offensive guard, safety, running back, name it. You You fill your roster with guys who have a veteran track record of at least a certain level that you could plug them in and you would not be, they're not going to fall down. And certainly sometimes you get guys who are looking to prove something or who have been either 
given up on by another franchise because they were injured a lot with minor things, other thing, or they they were in the wrong system for their ta- for their skill set, whatever. You you think there's a chance that they, if under your tutelage, under your program, and in your system, they're going to flourish. Those are the guys you sign in free agency. You try and fill your whole roster up with those guys, and then when the draft does come around, it's like, well, we got three corners. Do we really need to take one in the first round? Well, if he's the guy, yeah, we can take him because he may be better than any of the guys we've got. Yeah. Or the same thing with the guard or the tight end or the running back, all any position you want. So that's that's where you're at, and the Bills have put themselves in that position a lot. So the best – and it's just the way it is. When you're in the bottom half of the draft, you know, you you, you pick the best player on the board. The best player. Who do yeah. you think is going to have the best pro career? Maybe he's not going to be a star, but he's pretty good. He's going to be able to hang in there with everybody. We'll be all right. You know, that kind of thing. You don't have any choice. You have choices, but they're not as good as that one. Yeah. And, yeah. The pool is smaller, and that's why got, and that's why teams care a lot about how tall, how heavy, how fast that guy is. Because at least with those tools, he's going to be able to hold in there physically and and you know hold up at least. Right. So that he's he's this fast and he's he's going to be able to outrun he's going to be able to run at the pro level he's going to be able to pa- you know pass block he's going to be able to hang on physically he's going to be able to overpower some wide receivers he's going to be able to overpower some defensive backs the it all becomes about measurables because it's such a physical game so i you know i this oh my gosh the mock draft season drives me absolutely insane <laughs> the People love it. Brownie and I last year picked what our first two picks we got. Yeah. Didn't we pick? We nailed Cook. We nailed James Cook. We. Who's our first pick? Did it you was, take Elam? Yeah, Kyrie Elam. We both picked Kyrie Elam and James Cook. Like a half a day, like when we broke that day, we both called for it, and it happened while we were off the air the next day. And then we talked about it the next day. Both those guys. Well, all right. Shows you how good my short-term memory is. We couldn't. We we're not going to do that again. We'll never get that right again. <laughs> hey, yeah. the blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that could go down. The crazy thing is, Kuiper with the first pick to the Bears. Defensive tackle Jalen Carter from Georgia. Okay. You got the first pick. I think the Bears are going to trade out of that spot. Trade down a little bit. What would you get? To a team that wants a quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. What would you get for for the overall well, pick? I think it depends how far you're moving down. You've, right. If, if you're, you're still in the, the top five, right? You, like, let's say the Colts, who are at four, need a quarterback, and in front of them is the Houston Texans, who are probably drafting a quarterback. You want to get in front of them to pick the guy you want. Right. Go from four to one. That's probably a hefty price tag. I, I think it's at least a future one. It's you flip you flip picks. You flip picks, and, and then you, you got to give them your one, one next year. Next year, maybe, because you're going to the top of the draft board. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you're only dropping down to four. Yeah, maybe. And if you don't, maybe need a, it's. I don't know. I'd have to look up the. There's trade at least values. two of those picks are going to be quarterbacks. 
But I could see Indy being motivated to jump over Houston, who is undoubtedly taking a quarterback. Seattle right behind you at five could take one. You know, I know they like Geno Smith, but is he the long-term solution? I don't know. I mean, he's good enough to get you to nine and eight, ten and seven, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I could see Seattle trying to play the leapfrog game and jump over the Colts. You know, if you the Bears, the Bears could. Ryan Poles has an opportunity here because you could move down to three or four, and I still think you could get Jalen Carter. I think you got a good chance at that. Who's the best defensive player in the draft for my money? Down to how far down? Three or four. Yeah, for sure. So there's going to be a lot of jockeying there. The Raiders are probably going to be in the market for a QB. Carolina at nine. So there could be some very interesting movement in the top ten this year to try to get one of the top two quarterbacks. Because you got Houston, Indy, Seattle, Las Vegas, Carolina. They're all in play. Atlanta could even be in play. I know they took Desmond Ritter last year in the third round, but you got a guy you like better in this year's draft, you're taking him. Right? I mean, Ritter was a third-round pick last year. Right. So you got arguably four or five teams in the top ten. Well. And they're all going to be wanting to, you know, jump over each other to get one of these guys. You know, whether it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. I. I we'll see. I, I, I just think. You, if you're the number one pick of the draft, I think you've got to you got to maximize it, right? I mean, you you stunk all year. <laughs> you've got to get a guy that can make a difference now, today, yeah. now, or you've got to get enough for him that the picks you get for him are going to transform your franchise in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, I, yeah, because. Arizona's not taking a QB. They're at number three. That's a to me, that's a spot. You kind of watch what happens in front of you. And if none of those teams or if, like if somebody trades up ahead to Chicago, take takes Chicago's pick, gets a quarterback, and somebody and Houston takes a quarterback, Stroud, and then Young, or Young and then Stroud, whatever, the number three pick is Arizona. Yeah, the question is the big question is whether or not there's a third quarterback worthy of that kind of value. I think that's where the next debate comes in. I think that will largely determine how much movement there is after those two are gone. But because there's two bona fide top tens, by most people's accounting, the demand is not, I mean, the supply is not great. So the demand is going to be big. And those teams that are desperate, they're going to be giving up the farm. To get up there if they like one of those two guys enough right. and believe they're a franchise right. player. That's what, yeah, that's what you got to – if you trade out of that spot, do you get enough to help you? And are you going to be able – are you going to save your job, basically, is what you're doing in I mean, Arizona? Either way, you're putting your job on the line there if you're taking one of those quarterbacks. As of right now, Arizona doesn't even have a head coach. They're still looking. Yep. And they, you know, and so that's, yeah. There's a they got some of, other work to do. There's a list of eight or nine guys out there. And they have a new GM. Um, so, yeah. Uh, topic of discussion for you today at 803 one 888 Think about what we just said. Arizona got a brand new GM. Yeah. 
no head coach. Tennessee just got a brand-new GM. The Jets' new offensive coordinator, okay. New England, Schwartz' new defensive coordinator, you know. And they're telling us now, Mel Kuyper's telling us who those guys that they don't know who they are yet are going to pick. Yeah. I think he's just assigning value and need. He doesn't know what any of these guys are thinking yet. Exactly. But we don't even know who. ESPN.com calls up Mel and says, Mel, you need to do a mock draft. Well, my, my point is, not only do we know what these guys are thinking, we don't even know which guys we're trying to figure out think who's for. thinking. Yeah. Right? We don't even know who to think for. We don't even know who. On whose behalf are we thinking? We don't know whose mind we're reading. (laughs) We don't even know. We don't even know. And and here we are. Let's do a mock draft. Why don't you just tell me who you're going to draft? Just, you know what? Let's go. Let's go on vacation. Topic of discussion. Which player do the Bills need to take the next step in 2023? We know that there's 21 free agents, and they got to add a bunch of players and maneuver around the salary cap and all that, but there is still – 30 to 40 players on the roster, including a lot of the young players in the last couple of drafts. Which player do the Bills need to take that next step in 2023 to help push this team over the hump? You can give us a call at 803-0550-1-888-550-2550, the number to get on board. Or you can hit us up on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. Steve and I take a break back with more, including your phone calls here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 